0: Welcome to the Leadership in Context podcast with Keith Tusi. Science says that the origin of something is that something.
1: Hi, this is Keith Tusi and welcome to Leadership in Context. We are on podcast number 3 talking about Roe versus Wade. We talked about the biblical context. Uh You know, what does the Bible say? Then we talked about the historical context of Roe versus Wade to understand what that decision meant and what it's overturning means now. So today I'd like to talk a little bit about the science of everything. You know, there's a lot of screaming from the liberals about, you know, we believe the science and usually they believe a theory, not the actual facts of the science, But there really is a definite science that is consistent with fetal development, with child development. So why don't we just walk through that a little bit? Uh, You know, the word fetus, it's a Latin word, which means little one. Okay, so the word fetus is not an inhumane term. It's been made to be that Uh, When people say, well, it's not a baby, it's a fetus, Uh, I've done debates before with people that didn't even know that, and I'd say, why don't you describe what a fetus is or what that word means, and they just just stare at you like it's an almost person. No, uh, science says the origin of something is that something. Uh, You know, the argument, does life start at conception? Well, I want you to think about that question. Everything starts at its conception point. Conception means the beginning of something. So, of course, life starts at conception. When else could it start? It couldn't start after conception. It can only start at conception, which brings me to a very important point. At the moment of conception, when a child is conceived, there are 46 chromosomes The development of that child is the feeding of those 46 chromosomes. You and I today are 46 chromosomes. We're millions and millions of cells, but we're 46 chromosomes. A Down syndrome child is 47 chromosomes because they have one chromosome that splits. But we're 46 chromosomes In most cases and that means that at the moment of that conception our gender was defined whether we were male or female whether we were left-handed or right handed whether we were tall whether we were left-handed or right-handed or whatever it may be those things were determined at the moment of conception and then just time and nutrition took place And so what we're asking for in pro-life understanding is just to give that child time and nutrition. You know, by about 30-some days, five weeks, there is a heartbeat in that child. Now, obviously, if something has a heartbeat, it's very much alive. And, of course, abortion kills a child, if they argue that it's not alive, then why would you have to kill it? That's, again, a scientific fact that it's alive and it's and it's growing. Most women don't even know they're pregnant at that point. At five weeks, most women don't know they're pregnant. Some might be suspicious that something's going on, but the light hasn't gone on that they're pregnant. Uh and my understanding is that a lot of pregnancy tests won't even work that early to determine that at, at, at a week later, six weeks, they have a nose, they have a mouth and they have ears in, in the seventh week from six weeks to seven weeks in that one week, they double in size that they're very tiny, but they double in size during that time. Okay. Uh, within a week or two of that they have joints that are actually fluid that are that are able to bend so the fetal development the development of that child is is just adding cells and is multiplying very quickly that child is growing rapidly and that growth has got to be interrupted to stop that growth now when I would do debates back in the old days and people would debate you, I'm going back into the up to the early 90s on whether it was a life or not because we actually didn't have a lot of the science. We certainly didn't have the graphic ability to take pictures. And so the early pro-abortion argument was it's not a child until a certain point whatever that point was, you know, every, it, that's just a subjective point. So my argument was, well, if it's not a child, what is it? So I remember I was at Temple University in front of a big crowd with a, a professor and I was going to do a debate. And so when the debate started, I asked the professor, I said, Professor, can you tell me in the history of mankind? I said, not American history, not recent history, any history, from any nation, at any time, at any point, ever, has a woman ever given birth to anything but a child? He looked at me like I'd lost my brain. I said, I just want to establish the fact, does this pregnancy ever turn into anything but a child? And actually said these words, does she ever give birth to a toaster or to a chipmunk? I was just proving my point that, from conception it is a child and i found out uh, later that using that line by the way seemed to be to be very effective and just you know arguing the end point before you argue the details it's always going to be a baby it is always going to be a human it's always going to be a child that has 46 chromosomes unless there's something that happens in the genetic development Okay, and it is always going to be made in the image of God. So we have to grasp this and we have to understand this that the science tells us without equivocation that this is a child. Now, again, the argument used to be it's not a baby, now the argument is more sinister. We know it's a baby. They won't make that argument. Nobody makes that argument who is educated whatsoever. No pro abortion person makes that argument that it's not a baby. Now they make the argument that it's the woman's property. And it's their decision whether to take the life of that baby, to abort that baby or not. That is totally their sovereign decision. They don't say it's a. They used to say these words. I heard these words. It's a blob of cells yet to be defined. That's why I asked that professor that question. In the history of humankind, has a woman ever given birth to a toaster or to a chipmunk? Of course not. Okay? Because there's a genetic effect that is happening. It's, it's a baby human that's, that's a baby human from the moment of conception. It doesn't grow into a human. See, if it grew into a human, then it could grow into anything. It could grow into an oak tree. It could grow into a Porsche. It could grow into anything, but it is a baby human from the beginning, and it grows and shows that it's human because that's what its seed is. That's what its nature is. It'd be like if you had an apple tree. You wouldn't go out next year and say, guess what? We've got watermelons on our apple tree. Well, that science would be crazy. They'd say, you've lost your mind. Now, you can call that apple anything you want, But it's an apple. And that apple tree is only ever going to produce apples. That's all it can produce. That's its genetics. That's how it was made by almighty God. It can't produce anything less than an apple. And if you want to stop it, you're going to have to either cut it down or pluck all the blossoms off or the buds off so that you do not have any apples. The science... Of human development, of child development in the womb is overwhelming. That child, by the way, does not share any organs whatsoever with its mother. When they say my body, that'd be like saying my children live in my house and that I can do whatever I want to because they live in my house. They live in that mother's house, and I understand that she's nurturing and she's caring for that child. That child has their own blood type, okay? Not their mother's blood. They have their own blood type. They do not share the pancreas or the liver or the organ or the heart or any of those organs. They do not share that organ. When that baby comes out, that child is not attached to any of that mother's organs. It is a unique and separate creature that is housed in the womb of that mother. That child is not property of the mother. It's not property of the state. It is its own sovereign person made under the auspices of the sovereignty of Almighty God. It is a unique individual that was paid for on the cross of Jesus Christ And that's why this is a gospel issue and not just a humanitarian issue. Children are a gift from God, from the moment of conception, despite even the circumstances of their conception. This is Keith Toosey for Leadership in Context. Let's be educated. Let's know what we're talking about. Let's share these facts. Maybe there's somebody You need to share these facts with today to help them understand rationally, not just emotionally, what is going
0: on. Everything starts at its conception point. From conception, it is a child. Science even tells us without equivocation that it is a child. Children are a gift from God from the moment of conception, despite the circumstances of their conception. Thanks for listening this week to another episode of Leadership in Context with Keith Tusi. Join us next week as Keith continues to put leadership truths in the context of the local church. As always, subscribe, like, rate, and share our podcast. For show notes or to ask Keith a question, email podcast at nrpastors.com. If you would like more information, you can check out our website, find us on Facebook, or follow us on Instagram at nrpastors. See you next week.